Praise the Lord. He's worthy of praise. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Got the wonderful privilege of hearing Brother Wally preach tonight. He's been visiting grandkids and family and just got back today from Hawaii, full of vigor of the Holy Ghost, ready to release a word for us. Wally is coordinating all of our building project and efforts. We're so very thankful for Wally laying it all on the altar for, for the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, because that's who our building's for. I want you to give a round of applause for Wally Pearson. to give somebody a hand, you better give God the hand, because he's the only one that deserves it. Amen? Oh, Jesus! Yes! You're awesome, Father. Praise your holy name forever, Lord. Hallelujah! Hallelujah, Lord! We honor you, Father. We praise you, honor. We give you glory and honor. Praise your holy name, O Lord. Hallelujah! Hallelujah! Praise you, Lord. Mm. Thank you, Father, for your Holy Spirit. Thank you for your Son and everything he did on that cross for it. Father, cause our hearts and our minds to not allow anything to go in vain what your Son did on that cross. Cause us to wise up, Father. Cause your truth to shake us, to shake off the slumber off us, Father. Let your fire consume us. Let it burn out anything that's not of you, Father, this day. Let your glory come forth, Father. Let your kingdom advance with power and authority now, Father. Let your word go forth, Father, and do what it's called to do, Father. Touch the very depth of our being, Father God, and change us to be more like you, Jesus, and we praise you for it. Amen. I'm going to read the word here quick, so don't sit down yet. Oh, wow. This place has got light in every place where you need it. Ah! <laughs> it blinds you so you can't read. I'm changing that. The new building is going to be that way. And <laughs> I've got something to do with it. <clears throat> I'm going to read 2 Kings 4.12 through uh, 26. And this is about a woman. A woman of God. The Shunammite woman, she's called. And um, a tremendous lady who, I'll give you a little outline. I don't know if I'm going to read all that, but she... Elijah would come by and she told her husband, let's make a room upstairs for the man of God with a table and a chair and a candle where he can rest and some fresh water and stuff and whatever he needed. And so they did that. They made an upper room for Elijah and every time he'd pass by, they allowed him to go in there. So let's read the story. It's more than a story. It's a real true life situation that we even deal with. Um, 13, and he said unto him, Say now unto her, Behold, thou hast been careful for us with all his care. What is it to be done for thee? Wouldst thou be spoken for us to the king or to the captain of the host? And she answered, I dwell among mine own people. What she's telling him, you don't have to give me nothing for this. You know, I'm just going to, instead of reading this, I'm going give, to just give you an outline of it because... My brain is really tired. <laughs> so I'm going to just let the Holy Spirit move upon my heart. 
And anyway, Elijah offers to give her a son. Nine months from now, you will have a son. This time, this season, next year, you will have a son born unto you. And she basically said to him, don't tell me something that's not a lie. That's basically what she says to him. And then the son is born. You know, come up here, John. You read it for me. I'm going to let John read it. He's a good reader in this. No. I don't want your translation. I want mine. Well, praise God. It's King James, so I love it. Amen. All right, here we go. Where are we reading from, sir? I've been up. Verse 13, here we go. Yeah, go ahead. And he said unto him, Say now unto her, Behold, thou hast been careful for us with all this care. What is to be done for thee? Why shouldest thou be spoken for to the king or to the captain of the host? And she answered, I dwell among my own people. And he said, What is uh, what then is to be done for her? And Gehazi answered, Verily she hath no child, and her husband is old. And he said, Call her. And when she had called her, she stood in the door. And he said, About the season, according to the time of life, thou shalt embrace a son. And she said, Nay, my lord, thou man of God, do not lie unto thy handmaid. And the woman conceived and bare a son at the season that Elijah had said unto her, according to the time of life. And when the child was grown, it fell on a day that when he went out to his father, to the reapers, and he said unto his father, My head, my head. And he said to the lad, Carry him to his mother. Verse number 20. And when he had taken him, he brought him to his mother and sat on her knees till noon, and then he died. And she went up and laid him on the bed of the man of God and shut the door upon him and went out. And she called unto her husband and said, Send me, I pray thee, one of the young men, one of the asses, that I may run to the man of God and come again. And he said, Wherefore wilt thou go to him today? It is neither new moon nor Sabbath. And she said, It shall be well. Then she saddled an ass and said to her servant, Drive, go forward, slack not thy riding for me, except I bid thee. Verse number 25. And she went and came unto the man of God to Mount Carmel. And it came to pass, when the man of God saw her afar off, that he said to Gehazi, his servant, Behold, yonder is that Shunammite. Run now, I pray thee, to meet her, and say unto her, it is, it, is it well with thee? Is it well with thy husband? Is it well with thy child? And she answered, it is well. Returning, there we go. That's it. Praise God. I can tell you what the rest is. <laughs> you can be seated. Mother's Day is coming, but I'm not preaching on Mother's Day, but I'm preaching on a mother. Integrity. Do you see what this woman did? What came out of her mouth? Did it come out of her mouth? Did she even tell her husband that her son was dead? No. She told her husband, all is well. Was all well? Was it? No. She wouldn't even tell the servant of Elijah what happened there. Same answer. All is well. She wouldn't even tell Elijah. Think about that, people. When we speak, and she knew better, she would not accept nothing that she told Elijah in an early date. Don't promise me something you can't fulfill. Don't be pulling my leg with anything nonsense. And see what happened? Got a son, the son dies. I'm telling you this much, women. 
dig your heels in. Don't let the world dictate to you. Don't let doctors dictate to you. Don't let, I don't care who it is, your neighbor. I don't care if it's a Christian. If it's not the word of God dictating to you, go away. Just tell them all is well and all shall be well. Speak life into your situations or you're not going to have life. We have to change the way we speak and think and act. We have a present here. Beautiful present. Jesus gave us a present, an absolutely gorgeous present. And in that gift was thousands of literal covenant promises that he cannot break. Thousands. Is there anybody here that could even tell me 12? Then we wonder why the church is not in victory? Hello, people. That means you need to find out the truth in God's word because the truth is what's going to set you free. It's not, you know, it says in, I'm going to read one other scripture quick. In 2 Corinthians, 1 Corinthians 2, 4, it says, my speech, I got it. It's not my speech, my preaching with not enticing words, but basically it's the moving of God's Holy Spirit. It's not our words. What the church of God is all about is action. The power of God, the precious anointing of God, speaking God's truth. Don't speak your truth. If you're sick and hurting, what you want to speak is by the stripes of Jesus, I have been healed. It is part of that present. It's given to you. But every time you go and you beg God to heal you, what are you saying to God? He already gave you the present. What are you saying to me? He didn't give it to you. That's exactly what you're saying to him. You're saying God didn't give it to you. That doesn't mean you can't go to altar and be prayed for. But if you keep begging the Father for something he's already given you, God's saying, what more can I do for you? I've given you all power and authority. I've given you divine health. But there's a battle being raged, and that battle's within our mind. And if we don't rein those thoughts in and, and cause them to have captivity, you know, Satan tempted Jesus Christ with every temptation that was possible. Every one of them. He didn't give them life. What does that mean? He didn't speak it, and he didn't act upon it. But he was tempted by everything. We can be tempted by every temptation there is. But if we don't speak it or act upon it, there is no life. Satan can do nothing. He cannot read your mind, people. He cannot. So don't let him put things into your mind, into your thought pattern. You speak the word of God back to you. This is a powerful thing. This is prosperity in this gift. This is peace in this gift. Longevity is in this gift. Supernatural provision, supernatural signs and wonders... The power of the church is in that box because Jesus Christ did it. He gave us all power and authority to change everything in our environment around us. We have to become those people. We have to recognize what God gave us in this present, and he gave it to us. You know, I've only seen the church ever enter into the Holy of Holies once in my life. It says, you enter his gates with thanksgiving in our hearts. We enter his courts with praise. We have not entered in the courts with praise. Because I'm going to tell you what's going to happen to you when you do. You will be flat on your face. You will be on your face. And you won't get up for a long time. 
Because the presence and the aura of God has just entered the room and his glory is falling upon you. Everyone among you that will be feeble, in need of healing, deliverance, it will be done instantly. That's who your God is because he accomplished it. And you know why that takes place? Because Satan can't stand the presence of God. It just, boom, it's gone. And so when you stand on those promises, those gifts that God gave you, you're, what you're doing is you're standing there and you're not. You're standing with your feet shotted with the preparation of the gospel of Jesus Christ. The word shotted in the Greek means put your feet in concrete, let it cure, and you can't get out. No matter what happens around you, what storm rages, you're stuck. That's what it means in the Greek. Shotted. Concrete, cured. You can't move. You got the, what do they call them? The Italians call it the boots, the rubber boots, sober shoes. Concrete filled over shoes. That's what they did with them. But that's what we need. God wants us to walk in that way. If you want victory on the earth, that's the way you have to, you have to recognize who our God is. And quit being dictated by the world and the world standard and by friends that constantly speak curses upon your life. Blessing and cursing is in the power of the tongue. In the same tongue, it's in there. It says we're to reign in our thoughts, not give them life. That means we have to rein it in. It says, it says our battle is not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, powers, and rulers of darkness. So what is our battle against? Satan in a complete army. Our battle's not against these politicians or whatever else that's going on around us, our city, drug addicts. No. We have the power to set them free. We have the power to change this community. But we have to recognize what was given in this gift. It's powerful. It's life-changing. I've told God more than once, you got a problem here, God. Your word says this, this, and this. I have a relationship with my God where I talk to him this way. I just do. Because God, you got a problem here. I've always put you first. You put God's kingdom first, and all these things shall be added unto you. And I put God's first, and I lost a home. Well, I lost three homes, but I lost this one home right here in Alaska. I says, God, you got a problem here. I have put your kingdom first. I have always put your kingdom first, and I need a house, and I need it now. And you know, God gave me a home. Paid for within three months. Brand new. That's the God we have. But God's looking for someone to, just like this Shunammite woman. And the man of God had to perceive it in his spirit. She refused to speak a curse on the situation. She would accept nothing but life. Period. And she got it. because, And she didn't have what we had. The Shunammite woman did not have the Holy Ghost. She did not have the infilling of the power. She did not have what Jesus Christ accomplished on the cross. She did not have this gift that we have. Not even a tenth of it. Think about that. It wasn't given and, and the keys hadn't been taken away from Satan. Jesus went down, took him away, made him a footstool under his feet, making him a footstool under our feet. He has no authority unless we take him out and let him do a rampant run. He goes around like a roaring lion seeking who he can devour. He cannot devour you unless you allow him to. And the way you allow him to devour you is with your tongue or by acting upon it. That's a fact. I think I got no sleep last night at all. I, 
our airplane broke down in Oahu, and we sat there for four hours. They got it fixed. We left at 1.30 in the morning. We flew all night. I got here at 9, and praise the Lord, God's here too. <laughs> My wife's sleeping. She's fried. <laughs> we understand that, don't we? Do you know, God is so good. If I could somehow... God's a friend. You know what friend means in the Hebrew? This is what Jesus calls us. If you read this word, you study it out, he calls us our friend. When you come to know him as Lord and Savior, you become a friend. Friend means covenant with the Jewish people. You're only called a friend when you cut covenant. Everything I have is now yours. Everything. And that's what he did. He called us his friend. He didn't say everything you had belonged to him. That's our choice. I give it all to him because he's a much better manager. God's building this church. Wally Pearson's not building the church. Are you crazy? There's been over a dozen miracles that have happened in this project already since we started it two and a half years ago, however long it's been. Literally, miracles, people. That doesn't happen by accident. That's the only reason I'm still doing it, because I know God's in it. If God wasn't in it, I would run. That's a fact of life. Why would I want to waste my time in my 70s building a building that God doesn't want built? Really? That would be really a lot of wisdom, wouldn't it? It definitely isn't profitable, but it's profitable for the kingdom of God. The prophet is in the kingdom of God, advancing his kingdom with power and authority. This church is being built for a purpose. A total purpose. i got to get away from these lights. Turn them off. No. <laughs> but it is. It's being built for a purpose. And that purpose is to advance God's kingdom with power and authority. You have to recognize for our church to do what God's calling it to do and to do what he's given us empowerment to do, we have to know what was given to us at that cross. We have to understand it and start walking in it no matter what situation arises around us. Don't look at the situation. That's Satan breeding fear upon you. Fear and in, in far as I'm concerned, means this, false evidence appearing real. F-E-A-R. It's false evidence appearing real. It's not real to a Christian. You can't be moved by it. I would have been moved by that house being burned down, a year old, brand new home, no insurance. If I would have been moved at that, I would have never have built it. I would be in the poor house. Poor me. I just lost my home. Oh, man. Whimper, whimper. No. I dug my heels in the ground and says, God, we got a problem here. But you see, I did put his kingdom first. I had a right to speak to my God because he's my father. I speak to him in love. It's not like I'm over him and dictating and demanding from my God. I'm saying, I'm speaking his word that he's already promised to me. And he likes that. He likes to know that you believe in what he's given us as children, that he loves me enough to care for me. Think about that. It burns October 13th. By December the 11th, there's a brand new house, twice as big, paid for, sitting there. And I cannot tell you today how it happened. Wow. It was that kind of miracles. And it wasn't given to me by the church. Amen. The world gave unto me, pressed down, shaking, running over, and they couldn't even figure out why they were even giving me the stuff. <laughs> why? That's God. Amen. God makes a way where there doesn't seem to be a way. 
See, we're trying to plan it out. Men are the worst things. I'm just like it. You want to see plans. You ought to see what I've done in this building. All the plans, all the things, all the details, 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 details. There's literally hundreds of thousands of them in this building. It's unbelievable. But God makes a way. He will wake me up in the middle of the night and make me get out and go over these plans, and he'll start showing me things. Boom, 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 boom. To me, that's a miracle. Now he just saved us a million dollars. He did that more than once. Because I'm so busy during the day with my mind running to and fro, doing this and that. But when I'm sleeping, he's got me. He's got me right where he needs to be. Because, let's face it, man, you guys know what I'm talking about. I'm not the only guy here. <laughs> I don't know how gals work, and I haven't figured them out. I've been married 50 years this year, and you're all invited to my anniversary party, July 14th. I'll tell you where. But I want you there. I got some pretty neat things happening. My wife doesn't even know about them. <laughs> she does not. It's pretty special. But after 50 years, it should be special. That girl's followed me around the world. And she's watched me take all my earnings and all my life savings and invest them in people's lives and travel the world to literally disciple them. And today, these young men are pastors. Because I invested in their lives to see because I knew what God wanted to do with their lives. Pushing them beyond their understanding. A job of an evangelist is really discipling people to go forward and rising them up to be part of the army of God. You know, we think evangelist just comes in to entertain us and then they leave. No, no, no. That evangelist needs to get you so stinking fired up and get you set on fire, empowered with the power of God so you start doing the work. So when he leaves, nobody, nothing changes. You're doing the work. He just stirs your hearts to get the work done. We have a job to do, people. This is a serious job. This isn't about loud music, worship this, worship that. It has nothing to do with that. I can get in my shower and have a better worship set than you will ever have in this building. That's a fact of life. I got under the presence of God at one time, such a presence of God, the Holy of Holies nailed me. I fell down in the tub, could not get up. The presence of God, my wife is hollering at me, are you all right? Are you all right? I finally got a hold of my senses. I says, I'm all right, honey. I was just worshiping God, and I'm now laying in the tub. <laughs> That's who our God is. It's nothing but a love relationship. I am not a perfect man. I am a sinner saved by grace. That's all I am. I am literally a sinner saved by grace. I haven't done anything special other than to love and give my heart to Jesus Christ, and I trust him with all my heart. Nothing else. It's no great formula. God never made it hard. Faith, you want to build your faith up? It is so easy, people. People say, well, I don't have faith. That's because you don't understand it. You've already been given a measure of faith. You gave your heart to Jesus Christ. That takes faith. He's already given you all the faith you need to move a mountain, a mustard seed. You just need a little titty bit to move a mountain. And if you do not doubt in your heart, it will go. But if you do lack faith, ask him, Father, I believe, help my unbelief. What happens? Boom. He helps your unbelief. You want to be stopped being led, from, led into temptation? You want to be delivered from evil? Every day and start leading your life so you're not constantly tormented. Jesus said, pray like this daily. If the man who gave us the greatest gifts on the earth told us to do something daily, Satan doesn't want us to. At all. 
Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. People, put that in your own words. Don't pray the prayer. It takes minutes. You can be driving your car. Father, lead me away from temptation. Deliver me from evil. Provide me for today. I praise you for who you are. Let your word come alive in my heart. Speak to my heart. Holy Spirit, have your way today. Lead me in paths, Father, that I may advance your kingdom. Forgive me for the wrong I've done. It is so simple. And guess what you've just done? You've asked the Father to do that for you. What do you think he's going to do? Now you've got angels around about you. Car may try to kill you. Now you don't get killed because the angels are around about you because he's protecting you. Because you've given God permission to do it. God does nothing without our granting him a right to. I like that about God. I want it to be my choice. I want the freedom to choose to serve my God because that makes my relationship a more loving relationship because my relationship is very loving, and it's not after the gifts. I do not chase down the gifts. I chase after a love relationship to who he is because he is a father beyond understanding. People that don't ever have a father, our heavenly father is beyond understanding. That's a love relationship that you will never outdo. I've worked with drug addicts. We had the highest cure rate in the world in our drug center, my wife and I did in the 70s. And the reason we had that was we use the gifts that were given to us. The power and authority God has given to us. The federal government gave us that report, 97% cure rate after 10 years. Why? The power of God was used. Not man's program, not man's gimmicks, but his glory. That's the difference. See, we want to write programs. We want to be psychologically, you know, dig up things or dig up the past. It's not, God wants to set you free from the past. He sets you free from it. We had to literally, people, if you want to go into ministry like that, you better be willing to put some time into it. We would spend three days and three nights nonstop praying and fasting out loud over these guys or girls, nonstop. Because if we set them free without putting God's covenant promises into their mind and in their heart, planting some truth within their being, in their mind, changing the atmosphere that's got him bound up, you're, never, you're going to set him free, he's going to go back to it. But when you put that word in him and you plant that word in him, that's why you come to church. You're getting more of the word, more of the word, more of the word, which gives you more truth to stand on so that when the time comes, you can stand. You won't waver. And you know who to go to to help you stand. That's the key. It's a powerful thing. Our God is like, praise the Lord. And we've got a pastor that preaches the word. We don't even have to think about that one. He loves the word. He wants you to grow. He wants you to go forward with power and might to change things in this world. He's a great pastor. But anyway, these drug addicts. I was praying for one day. He says, man, I've never been so high in my life. These are heroin addicts, guys. These are not just low-keyed little marijuana guys. These were heroin addicts. And the state came to us and says, you've got to bring them down with methadone. I says, no, they don't even get an aspirin from us. Toothache, nothing. We pray over them, they are healed. That's where it was all at. Nothing. Nothing. They were giving nothing. It was nine months. It was a tough program, people. But it had to be because they had had 20 years 
of being trained in the garbage. They've been full of God's and Satan's absolute filth of the earth. So for three months, they were totally engulfed in God's presence, in his word, under prayer anointing, teaching them principles of life. The last three months, we put them back into society, and we also got them involved with the Christian family because most children today don't even understand what a family is or how they operate. That's a fact of life. So they could understand what a godly family, how they pray together, how they bring each other together, how they work difficulties out. We taught them how to, to go to work and come back from work and how to manage their job and how their problems in their job. We did principles of teaching them out of God's word. We used the word to show them principles of to walk by in victories that get rid. We taught them to pray. They were having problems job. We teach them how to pray with authority to situations to change the situation. They'd come back and says, wow, that really works. We took six of those boys and broke the world's record. From the mouth of Mississippi to the Gulf of Mississippi, they made their own canoe. Six of them did, and they broke the world's record. Ex-junkies that gave their heart to Jesus and became powerful men of God. A lot of those men are preachers today. In fact, out of that group, there was 127 of them became pastors. Why? Right there, people. The promises of God. This has to be a church established on his principles and his covenant promises. If it's anything less than that, we're wasting our time. You want to worship God? Get at home. Put on some music. What do you want? Put your hands up. Ask him to enter in the glory of holy of holies. That happened in Africa. Every man, woman, and child was on their faces for three hours. Could not get up. I was also there. Every person in that tent, and there was over 600 pastors there, plus their wives and children. I was speaking at a pastor's conference. Not a one of them left that tent with any ailment of any kind or nature. That's when I realized that's where I want to enter into. I want to walk in that presence. I want his glory to be a part of my life. So when I lay hands on somebody... We have something within us when we lay hands. If I shake hands with someone, there is something that, that departs from us. That's a fact of life. It's powerful. God's a powerful God. He loves to use you. He desires to use you. He really does. He wants to use your children, your grandchildren. My wife is praying so hard for my grandchildren. They don't have a chance but to be good. I'm serious. There's no way. Those kids are so protected by God's angels, and so not even harm would come to their minds. They're in colleges. And she says, Lord, protect their minds. Don't let anything enter into their minds. Don't let any friends come around them that would drag them down in any way or form. You pray with authority. You don't say, God, please do this. She just, they just, she just literally lays it out. And basically, it's a battle. You're laying out a battle plan, and you're loosing angels to do the battle, the blood of Jesus, which protections around it. It's amazing. It is not that difficult. I was a farm boy from Minnesota. That's a fact of life. I owned a blacksmith shop back in the early 71 or 70, whatever it was, and I owned a farm. But God took me from there, burdened me, wouldn't let me sleep at night. I was so crazy for Jesus, I'd just sit up on the steps and just... What a God we serve. He's so powerful. He's so mighty. I just kept falling in love. 
It had nothing to do with even the Word of God. It had to do with just love, falling in love with a God, just laying there, worshiping and falling Him in love. It is so easy. We're looking for a formula. There is no formula. None. That's a lie. There is no formula. It's a free gift. That package is free. You can't do anything to earn it. Isn't that amazing? And all the covenant promises in it, well over 5,000 of them, are free to you. So when you have things in your life, my wife's driving down the highway, coming up to Alaska 40 years ago. She's coming down the hill. It's pure ice. And the first scripture she opens up before she takes off driving, you shall not slide. That's the scripture God gave her. So she just spoke that thing, I will not slide, drove down the mountain, never slid. That's who God is. He loves to bless his children and watch over them. Isn't that amazing? So the key is to fall in love with him. Just the way you are. He loves you just the way you are. Imperfect. There is no such thing as a perfect person because if you think you're perfect, I'm going to give you a little clue. You're a fool. Only Jesus was perfect. I went to a seminary in Chicago. They taught two ways of salvation. I actually got the guy fired because I was older. I was in my 30s when I went to seminary. I call it cemetery, but seminary. Anyway, in many ways, if you don't know who you are in Christ Jesus, you better not go to a seminary because you don't know what you believe in the standards of principles of God. You're in trouble. Because they teach a lot of heresy situations, whether we like it or not. That's our seminaries today, and a lot of them. Not all of them, but a lot of them. And so I would argue with this professor in his class. He taught one way of salvation for the Jew, one way of salvation for the Gentile. Jesus for the Gentile, the other way was for the Jew, works. I says, no way, it can't be done. I says, you better read the scripture. I'd lay it to him, and I'd argue. Finally, he went to the dean and says, I can't have me in this class. <laughs> So I, I only thing I could do then is just take the test. So I just took the test, final exam, and that was the end of it. But I told the dean of the school this. I says, I'm going to go back to my home churches, and I'm going to tell them what you're teaching here and how much money you think you're going to end up getting from them. He wasn't there the next quarter because it was heresy. It was, you know. So Watch. Don't just take everything in you hear. Look at the word. If you have a situation you're working, find it. Find what you need for situation. If you need healing, you need deliverance, you need peace of mind, you got struggles in your marriage, struggles in your home, find the scripture that pertains to the situation. If you don't feel good about yourself, you think you're ugly, this, that, find the scripture that tells you who you really are. God doesn't build junk. That's a fact of life. And he doesn't look at you that way. He looks at you as a beautiful creature. Besides that, ladies, if we all liked the same looking woman, what a boring country this would be. We all have our own likings of who we like as men. That's a fact of life. We don't all like the same woman. Thank God for that. I'm serious. Because you're all individuals. But you see, we all want to be this Barbie doll looking like it, the makeup industry, everything else. It's a lie. 
Find what that word says about it. How you're created in the image of God. Perfect. Spotless because of what Jesus Christ did for us. You lack nothing. All things are possible to him who believes in God. All things are possible to him who believes in God. You will lack nothing if you believe in God. You will prosper if you believe in God. You'll be the head, not the tail. Think about some of this stuff. I mean, the list goes on and on and on and on and on and on. I can, in fact, I have a list here. I have a few pages of it here, of who we are in Christ Jesus. It's amazing. The Word of God says that I am forgiven. I am a new creature, the temple of the Holy Ghost. Think about that. The same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells in you. The same spirit when God spoke, moved across the face of the earth, dwells in you. So when you speak, guess what happens? Nothing if you don't speak life. <coughs> A lot can happen. Actually, destruction. You can speak destruction on your marriage, on your home. Why? Because of the presence of God in us. we got to watch. we got to control our mouths so we speak life. There's been situations on building this building that I could have spoke things that my heart was absolutely there. Believe me, people. It was there. It hasn't been an easy task. Anybody that dreams that is dreaming. It's been a tough task. It's been over two years of tough task. But it's been a blessing because I would focus on the things of God and I'd go back and say, no, I'm not doing that. That's wrong. I will not do that. I will not go there. I will not allow that to happen. I will not speak it or act upon it because you see things going on that nobody else sees because you're right in the middle of the battle and it's a battle. You have no idea the battle that's been raged around my wife and I. One day I'm in this church at prayer in the morning, and all of a sudden Satan just nails me. I was just dizzy. I couldn't even stand up. I thought, oh, this is really weird. I said, I refuse this in Jesus' name. Got up and started worshiping God, speaking in tongues, and it left me. Well, who's the one who attacks me? It says, Jesus came to bring life and abundant life, John 10, 10. Satan came to steal, rob, kill, and destroy. Who do you think it was from? Anything that's minus, destroyed, subtracted in your life, your marriage, your home, anything. Know who's involved in your life. It tells you automatically who it is. God came to bring life and abundant life. If you've got abundance going on and blessings, you're allowing the covenant promises to move in your life, know that it's God moving in your life. It's that easy. Because he said so. John 10, 10. Read it. Don't believe me. Read it. It says we're more than conquerors through Christ Jesus who strengthened us. What is more than a conqueror? That means he fought the battle. We don't even have to fight the battle. It's already won. So you don't even have to fight the battle. All you've got to do is stand on his covenant promises and just remind Satan what the word says. Because that's who you're reminding. You're telling Satan, you've got a problem here. My God says... He'll supply all my needs according to his riches in Christ Jesus. If that's what it says, that's what it means. Satan, take a hike. Amen. I don't believe you. I will not put up with your lies. My son was rolled up in a truck once, literally rolled up in a ball of steel. We drove by it. We didn't know it was our son. We started praying with the power and authority to change the situation. We knew that was a deadly situation. 
We knew whoever was in that truck was a dead, period. So we started coming against the spirit of death. We asked for God's angels to surround him. We get home, the state highway patrol calls us. Your son was just in an accident with his girlfriend. He had borrowed somebody's truck and totaled it. Went to the hospital. They'd come out. This is broke, that's broke, this is broke. My wife and I said, we come against it. No harm shall come to our children. We started praying against everything they would come out and tell us. They'd turn around, go back in, and they'd tell us. They'd come back out and say, no, the only thing that's broken now is the, is the shoulder blade. We came against that and prayed against that. Boom, that went away. Whose report are you going to believe? I mean, really, whose report are you going to believe? They come and tell you you got cancer. Fear will hit you, slap you up the head four times, knock you down. Because why? Because society has set it up. What's the biggest industry going on in this world right now? The medical industry. It's a great thing if you don't have God. But with God, he's your medical industry. The policy is fully 100% paid up. Will it hit you? Will the darts hit you? They will hit you. You will feel them. The Bible says in Ephesians chapter 6, the darts are fired. They're quenched by the, by the shield of faith. The shield of faith is used by his covenant promises. You take the covenant promises, you speak that, which is the shield of faith which drives back Satan. But if you don't know who you are in Christ Jesus and those covenant promises, you will be beat up. If you believe the doctor's report more than you believe God's report, you're sunk. Flat out. You will be sunk. We can't be moved by our feelings or what we see. We have to be moved by God's truth. We start moving by God's truth. This church is nothing. This church will be built and the heavens will be moved. The gates of hell will be driven back from this community. Why? Because we found out the keys of the kingdom. We learned that we could drive back the gates of hell with power and authority and forces and that Satan has no rights. Just because they legalize drugs don't mean nothing. God does not legalize drugs. In fact, if you go on the Word of God, you'll go back to the Word of God in the time of Moses. Pharmaceutical, all the drugs were all related to sorcery and witchcraft. It is what it is. I didn't write it. It's written. And so what happens, the biggest addiction we have in America is literally prescription drugs. It's a fact of life, people, because we've allowed the world to dictate us. It's a huge, multi-billion dollar industry. Try God. Try God. Try his formulas. Know who you are in Christ Jesus. If you don't have enough faith, surround yourself with somebody that does. Don't just do it alone. Call somebody to pray with you. Get together with somebody that will encourage your faith. Start walking in truth. These home fellowships are important because that's how you rub shoulders with people. But you want to rub shoulders with people that will speak truth in life. Not just anybody. Just because they're Pentecostal and going to church doesn't mean they're who you want to rub shoulders with. You know what I'm saying? Let's stand up. Time goes so fast in this church. And besides that, there's graduation tonight. Did you know that? Lucilla's graduation. I'm usually at those things. This is the first time in... I don't know when. If you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, if you want prayer for just anything, I don't care what it is in your life, we want to pray for you tonight. That's important that we do that. Because it's not our enticing words. It's not what I spoke to you. It's about the demonstrating power of his presence.
that dwells within each of us. It dwells with each person in this room. You have to recognize who dwells in you. Know the Holy Spirit of God who empowers you to change lives is in you, and that will change our community. If you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, do not walk out of this building. Even if you have any hair of inkling that you don't know him for sure as your best friend, you better come to this altar and get it right. Because you can walk out this building and not and face eternity. You want to be on the right side. Amen? Amen? Let's pray. Father God, I come to you in Jesus' name. Oh, Pastor. <laughs> all right. Hey, if it's all right. Hey, Wally's right on track. If you need to receive Jesus, today's your day. Maybe you're online. Maybe you're here and you've been drifting. You want to make Jesus your Lord and Savior, a fresh and anew. Today's your day. What a wonderful thing. You can start all over today with Jesus. Maybe you're online and you've never received Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Today is your day. I'm going to ask all of us to just take time to pray together. The Bible makes it clear if you believe in your heart and you say with your mouth that, that you believe that Jesus took your place on the cross, paid for your sins, rose from the dead, and is your Lord and Savior, you will be saved. Is it that simple? Yeah, it's that simple. God made it so simple, even children could receive. Let's take time and pray today. Why don't you bow your head with me and let's put our attention on the Lord for a few more minutes tonight. Let's all pray right out loud and maybe make a reaffirmation of your faith. Let's all pray together. Say it right out loud. Say, Dear Lord, I receive tonight your gift of eternal life. You paid for it when you died on the cross. You took my place. You took my shame. You bore my sin. Your blood was shed to wash me clean. I receive what you did. I believe in my heart. I say it with my mouth. You're my Lord. You're my Savior. I choose tonight to serve you for the rest of my life. Thank you for hearing my prayer. Thank you for loving me.